On this episode, we are going to take a closer look at Intel's Foundry business, some good and bad news that have come out for this segment in the past week or so. To help me discuss this semiconductor company, I have Nick joining me. Good morning, Nick. How's it going? Hey, great, Jose. Uh, thanks for having me back to talk about <laughs> Intel, <laughs> our favorite company to yep. hate on. Into our favorite semiconductor company to hate on. Um, so, Nick, I do have some good news here. Intel recently had, uh, well, there, there was recently a tech conference um, event on May 31st, so yesterday, where Intel talked a little bit about their uh, foundry business. And over the weekend during Computex, we also did hear some remarks um, from, from NVIDIA CEO about Intel. Uh, so I'm going to take a closer look at some good and some bad news. First, our good news, um, Intel, their five node in four years, supposedly is moving along great. Uh, so I just want to kind of give an update to that. Intel 7 is done. It's in full production, volume production. Um, Intel 4, um, this is the one that's going to combat Intel's five nanometer, uh, five nanometer node. They call it a victory right now. Um, because Meteor Lake, which is a PC processor, is expected to be released later this year um, on Intel's 4, 4, uh, 4 process. So they're saying, hey, there is victory here. We're going to start volume sh production and shipments pretty soon. Um, one thing that I thought was pretty interesting here, Nick, is this is Intel 4 and this Meteor Lake processor pretty much is going to be one of the first few processors to really incorporate this chiplet design platform, in my opinion. Um, the PC, this PC processor, the CPU tile is going to be using Intel 4's node. But sometimes these CPU processors tend to have a integrated GPU. They tend to have other kind of chips within them. And those other chips are actually going to be made by TSMC. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I think this is going to be the first time in a while Intel has used TSMC for, for, for their CPU side. Um, so interesting thoughts there. They do mention their Intel 3. Um, it's expected to come out with their Sierra Forest, which is going to be a server a server CPU, and that's expected on the first half of 2024, currently on schedule. So they're saying Intel 3 is looking good as well. Intel 20A, harder to assess at the moment, so no real information there. And Intel 18A is currently engaging with customers. Uh, I, I have it misspelled there, but currently engaging with customers to really kind of see where this is going to go. Um, so that's the first good news. I think that's important, right? Because if they are kind of going to do a foundry business, their nodes have to be going at a, at some schedule. At the moment, there have been some hiccups, but at least things are moving along. Um, another good news, Nick, is there was an um, interview with Jensen, uh, NVIDIA CEO, and they were asking questions to Jensen of how, thanks to this AI craze, how do you see the manufacturing line, right? I mean, you, you obviously have great connections with TSMC when they were talking to Jensen, but what if something happens to TSMC? How, do you, how are you looking at kind of maybe a plan B? And Jensen pretty much responded that, hey, yes, I mean, they're not too worried about TSMC and any of the issues there. But in case of any issues, they've worked with Samsung before to kind of create some of their GPUs in the past. And the second thing is they he did mention that he did receive an Intel test chip. Um, 
on on um, uh, next generation node. I don't necessarily remember if he mentioned which node it was, but he did mention that the test chip looks good. So I I mean I I think that's good news for Intel. I think sometimes um, CEOs might want to play a, a bit of politician, right, Nick? They might just want to say good things about a company, even though if they have no intentions, just because Intel might be a great partner with them with the CPU at the moment. Um, so no point in shaming them. Uh, so I. Kind of take that one to grain. Um, the final thing before I get your thoughts here, Nick, um, during this conference that happened on May 31st, Intel did mention that thanks to the AI demand, they could be seeing a tailwind for their manufacturing. I'm not sure if I buy it completely, but they did mention that, so I wanted to kind of bring it up. Uh, so, Nick, first on the good news, any thoughts here from Intel and their foundry business? Discover the world of semiconductors without getting lost in the technical jargon. My new membership offers a perfect balance for investors looking to understand this exciting market. Using my electrical engineering knowledge and experience, I will release weekly exclusive videos ranging from quick 5-minute 101s to in-depth analysis, covering not just popular chip stocks, but aiming to explore every public semiconductor. Plus, join the private community of like-minded investors. Finally, I want to thank The Motley Fool for sponsoring this video. And check out fool.com slash Jose for the 10 best stocks to buy now. With that link, you get a promotional offer for the subscription service. Now, let's continue with today's episode. Uh, well, yeah, it looks like they might actually pull off the five nodes in four years. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> is that that's all right that's next. Awesome. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> next next nick i, I want to take a closer look at some of the bad news and i feel like the bad news here has a little bit more weight in my opinion than the good um there were reports that qualcomm and tesla were looking we're looking at Intel for their 18 uh, node um but reports have suggested that they have actually gone against this um, I think that's. I think it's going to be very hard for Intel to get anybody to really, especially any big players, to really sign in for for any future notes. I mean, if I was a big player, why would I risk it going to Intel where I don't know if they're even going to meet the schedule? And why don't I go with TSMC or maybe Samsung, who has a more proven track record uh, of kind of. Um, at least meeting some schedule or at least some manufacturing um, track. Uh, so I do believe it's going to be very hard for Intel, at least at the moment, uh, to really get any big players to sign. If some do sign, I do believe that will be a very, very good indication of uh, of their pro of their foundry line. Another thing, Nick, is during the conference that I mentioned, Intel did mention that margins for the foundry are not to be as high as top players due to numerous reasons. Um, one of the reasons is they, they do believe that obviously they won't have the uh, production uh, capacity as kind of like TSMC. And as we all know, the more capacity that you have, the more kind of margins um, that you probably, the higher margins you can kind of squeeze out of a foundry of a foundry thing. The second reason is more geopolitical. They do mention that um, obviously Taiwan might be a little bit cheaper in forms of labor compared to maybe where they might start to build. So those are two reasons why margins might no might be um, as high as other foundry players. And at the same time, 
even though margins are not as high, they still have to maintain some form of competitive pricing uh, because they they have to make sure that players are going to be willing to go to them. So they have to provide some incentives. So competitive pricing and bad margins don't really mix too well, in my opinion. Um, the final thing here, Nick, is Intel is ha- is thinking of is did mention that they were acquiring semi uh, tower semiconductor, I believe it's called. Um, which is a foundry player, uh, but they have seen some delays here, mainly due to some antitrust regulators in China. I do believe this is more kind of geopolitical pressure right now due to kind of a lot of the tensions happening between U.S. and China, uh, but that's also going to, uh, it's being delayed and can obviously impact their foundry business uh, a, a bit. Uh, so, Nick, now here on the bad news, any thoughts here on Intel and their foundry business? Yeah, you know, Jose, this is this is super interesting to me because you know I know a lot of investors have been betting on Intel's future being the foundry, especially foundry services, IFS, tiny little segment right now. Maybe it, it'll get kickstarted if they're able to get the tower semi acquisition closed. Um, they said it would be by June. Here we are, June first. I guess we've got thirty days to see if it closes. One thing that is interesting about this though, Jose, is I I feel like so many investors have this build it and they will come mentality when it comes to the chip industry. Um, And I think that's really the wrong way to look at this. Just because Intel builds a foundry service business does not mean customers will just automatically line up and show up at the door. Maybe they will eventually, but first, after Intel builds out its capabilities to be a third, a trusted third-party foundry service for chip designers, they're going to have to be vetted first. Because like mm-hmm. you already mentioned, Jose, um, before anyone is going to hand over their intellectual property for manufacturing, um, they want to make sure that Intel can deliver actual results. Uh, and besides just, you know, the, the actual, you know, the size of these chips, you know, we're talking about angstroms now, 20, 20A, 18A. So that's two nanometers and 1.8 nanometer processes. Besides just, you know, the nanometer scale getting smaller, we also have like this transition to a gate all around um, type of transistor. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different manufacturing technology that we're also entering here. So there's a lot of reasons why Intel has to be vetted first. And I I still think even if they're able to pull this part of the business off, we are still years away until it's an actual reason to hang your hat on Mm -hmm. for for Intel as an investable stock, in my opinion. Definitely, Nick. I I, want to say one thing that I think Intel has at least going for them is that the foundry business would not be a complete zero to some extent because intel will also it, it luckily for intel they have the foundry side but they're also uh, a a designer of chips so they're gonna be their own customers to some extent so luckily it's not gonna be a complete zero and maybe that might give them time to kind of go around it obviously you can only buy prop you can only build to your demand so if the computer the the demand for computer servers and their products are weak then maybe the their foundry business will also be weak the other thing, Nick, that I want to say, they might have going to them. I'm, I'm not saying I'm a complete, I'm a bull on in, on Intel at the moment, but the chiplet design aspect right now, I think that can actually help out a little bit. Where maybe 
some people might just go to Intel and maybe get some form of custom CPU process um, chiplet designed from them. Um, and they might get what, maybe like 10, 11% of the actual chip workload. And then the other 90%, they kind of outsource to to uh, TSMC or maybe Samsung who has a better track record. Uh, so uh, again, I, I don't believe that's a big reason to, uh, to me, that wouldn't be a reason to invest in Intel, those things, but it just kind of gives a little bit of hope that even if they don't get no customers, there's still something out there that they can hold on to. The real question is how long will that be able to, will they be able to survive on themselves on just, and just on chiplet designs? Yeah, that is, that is very true. It, it's not going to be a total loss. You're absolutely right. All right, Nick, uh, before I close out this topic, any, any final thoughts on your end? Let's talk more about Intel in the next segment. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Nick.